Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to episode 20 of From the Den Podcast, where for those of you who can't see either because our angle is bad or because you're listening online, we are repping the custom From the Den shirts, which are awesome. Shout out to Pops. But today we've got a great episode going on for this 20th uh, episode. We are going to be going over the 2020 NFL Awards. We will be giving predictions for eight separate categories, which should we just say them as we go or do you want to go over them now or um well we'll just go over them right now to get over with so we're doing man of the year comeback player of the year defensive rookie and offensive rookie of the year coach of the year offensive player of the year defensive player of the year and mvp Mm -hmm. so that's a great lineup we've got going on Oren, would you like to kick us off with man of the year Sure. So I think it's funny because usually you can't really predict man of the year. Yeah, we just we just threw it in there because we think that from what we've been looking at from other sites, no one else did it. So why not we do it? Yeah. So I'm just going to go with my Bears player, Allen Robinson. He's been um, great for the community. He's been he donated 30,000 meals to families around the Chicago area. He's great for everyone around. He he works with children. He tries to get them great. He works to build education. Yeah, and plus he was nominated last year. He was nominated last year. He's just a really great player. And especially, I think, obviously, you can't really say this, but I think that being a bear, it helps win the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. It might not yeah, really. I don't know about that. That's so, no way. That's, that's, it, it for that's sure dumb. Does, being, does, sure being a papper, pa- does being a Packer help win the Lombardi Trophy, Oren? Huh? No, but it's Wait, like come on. That's no, stupid. Like, that is stupid. I'm sorry. Even though we shouldn't be debating this, like we'll get to the real debates in a little bit because this is just this ain't really football. But at still. least it didn't help. I was making a bit of a joke. Okay, fine. What's right. it called? Like so, I was, what's it called? I think that he's just good for the position. All right, fine. Uh, I actually picked Russell Wilson. For those of you who know me, I'm a pretty big fan of Russell Wilson anyway. It started off when I had him in fantasy football like a few years ago, but uh, (laughs) to be honest, but from then on, I've always admired that he has, of course, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, but he also, he uh, loved to donate and give back to his community, especially in Seattle. Um, He constantly visits the Seattle Children's Hospital and gives uh, children visits. And uh, he's donated over a million dollars to Strong Against Cancer, which is Seattle, which is the Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, it's like their initiative against cancer. And then also just this March, he, him and his wife vowed to donate over a million meals to families in need for another initiative in Washington called, let me just, uh, called Food Lifeline. And Food Lifeline uh, basically distributes food to other food banks throughout Washington. So Russell Wilson is a great member of, of his community as long as, uh, as well as a great player. So I think he's a great fit for um, Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yeah. So also I'm um, going back to Alan Robinson. He said, especially now, usually he was more on like the education side, but he said, especially now kids who would usually go to school to get a few meals, can't get those meals now. And he thinks that it's a terrible thing. You got Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy donated $12,000 He's gotten a few Bears players to donate money to his foundation. And he just, wants, he just wants to be able to help people out and just make the community better. 
Yeah, that's great. All right, moving on now, comeback player of the year, which is like the NBA's most improved, I'd say. Uh, it's a player that either was just playing poorly the last season, or they were injured or they're out of the NFL, and then they come back and do well in the next season. So uh, I'll start off with my comeback pick for comeback player of the year, Alex Smith. Just recently, I believe it was yesterday or a few days ago, Alex Smith, a player who had one of the most gruesome injuries in NFL history and was told just a year ago or just a little bit less than a year ago that he would never be able to walk again. He would never be able to play again. He was actually taken off the red or the Washington football teams. Um, what's it called? Like the IR basically yeah. the injury reserve list. So now he is freed to play. And although I'm not sure that he'll get the starting job over Dwayne Haskins, I think he's a shoe in for comeback player of the year. If he does end up playing this season, just because of how, inspiring it is that he was injured and now he's coming back so i know this is completely unrelated Uh-oh. but this is incredibly insane joe Dyson and alex smith both oh yeah i know this tibia and fibula both happened on november 18th both were obviously redskins both were in washington dc or or a football team now now the football team both were on the 39 yard line both had a final score of 23 to 21 both were caused by three-time defensive player of the years and both of their left tackles were off. Both their Pro Bowl left tackles were off the field because of injury. Like, wow. is that is that not crazy? Because both of those are known as gruesome injuries. Like yeah. Joe Theismann and Alex Smith injuries are both known as two of the. Joe Theismann never played again. Mm-hmm. He was done. His career is done after that. So and, that's why. That's also why Alex Smith's uh, comeback is so remarkable. That there was an injury so similar to his, and that now he's coming actually being able to play again from it. So my only thing to say against you is that do you think Alex Smith will even play? That that was my main concern. But for me, it was just, it was too easy. It was too obvious that if he does play, he will win this award that I couldn't, I like, there will definitely be a competition between Haskins uh, and Alex Smith. Is Case Keenum even still on the football team? No, he's on the Browns. Okay. But still, there will still definitely be a quarterback competition, but I just, Alex Smith is such a great story and everyone is in on it that I could not ignore it. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. But the only thing I'm going to say is that, like, it's such a great story, but they usually give, like, comeback play to the people who play. I doubt Alex. Okay, Smith- well, then, okay, tell me who your pick is, and then I'll see. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, gross. Ben Roethlisberger, the, the thing, okay, before you even talk, the thing, uh, Alex Smith is, uh, I don't think he's been involved in many controversies. Ben Roethlisberger is a guy who, is, who has had allegations thrown at him his entire career. So I don't know if the NFL is so ready to give that award out to him. Yeah, but they're not, what's it called? They aren't doing it based on awards and stuff like, and like what he's had in the past. They still give Brady MVPs and they keep, and they keep accusing that of him of what's it called. And they accuse him and the Patriots of like cheating. They suspended Tom Brady for four games and he gets MVPs. Okay, I guess. It depends on Roethlisberger's playing because honestly, he hasn't been too great the past few seasons, even when he's in. He's looking kind of washed. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been, like, the most, like, the best quarterback ever. But here's some stats. In his 2018 season, he threw for 5,000 yards, 34 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. And I think he was – he wasn't that far out of the playoffs. Well, also, I think another thing, it's like – like I was saying how it's most improved. I have to look at, like, historically who won comeback comeback player of the year. 
But my guess is that it's guys who were never that great in their career. And Ben Roethlisberger is a guy who has had success before. Like Ryan Tannehill won it last year. And he, before this season, he was forever on the Miami Dolphins. And he was just forever mediocre at best. That's how he was looked at as. But Ben Roethlisberger is a guy who I think a lot of the NFL sees as uh, an above average quarterback. So if he comes out and plays well, it won't be as much as a surprise as another player. Yeah, but he's 38. He came off of an elbow injury. I mean, why I think he'll be so good is that half of being not half of it, but if you're if you have the good stats, and I think they have an elite they have an elite defense. They really do. They do have they a good have, defense. They yes. have Nico Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, and it's not like they have like huge holes in other positions. They have a very solid defense, very very good, a Super Bowl caliber defense. They do. They're a top three defense in the NFL, and. If that defense can lead an offense with Juju Smith-Schuster, a great offensive line, with Eric Ebron, James Conner, James Washington, all these young pieces that you put them all together, if Ben Roethlisberger has a solid season, he can lead them to AFC, I don't know, maybe the divisional round even. But also the the Steelers, they, they've been good. They were good last year, so it might be hard to – just pointed directly to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, but they, they weren't a playoff team. I think that those. Yeah, teams, but they they weren't a push. They were in, they almost made the playoffs. They very nearly made the playoffs. Yeah, but still, I think that they can like go up, like get past the wild card round. And if and also do, they've never been a team who's been able to make it that far, no matter what talent they had. They had arguably the best wide receiver and running back on their team at one point with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and they were still unable to ever win a Super Bowl with that team or make it past really the Patriots. That was their main. You don't need, you don't just come back play with you. You don't need to win a Super Bowl. I know. I'm just talking about how I, I part of my doubt in that Ben Roethlisberger will be able to play well is just because historically, even when he's had great teams, he hasn't been able to do that well. So I don't know if I'm so ready to say, Oh, this guy's going to come out of injury and play great, especially because he's old and washed already. Yeah, He is old, but you're looking at this time. He won a Super Bowl. He's won Super Bowl. How long ago? I okay, he was way younger, but he had yeah, he was way younger. He had a great defense. He hasn't had great defenses those years with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Great defenses take the pressure off of a quarterback and they make them look better. I don't okay, well, fine then. If even if his team does better, if let's say he's having a great okay, Peyton Manning, the year that uh, the Broncos beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning was not great that year, if I'm correct. Because yeah. that, that was his final year. Then he retired. He was playing badly. But no one's picking Peyton Manning to win any awards that year because it's clear that it's, a, that it's the Broncos' defense. So how I'm relating this to the Steelers is that if the Steelers' defense plays great, no one's going to pick Ben Roethlisberger to win some award. So it doesn't matter how good their defense – if their defense is what's leading their team into the playoffs, then I don't see any reason for Ben Roethlisberger to win an award. I, I disagree. I think that you can have a good, like you saw by the Bears. The Bears have a great defense, a playoff, a Super Bowl caliber defense. Mm-hmm. If their offense wasn't able to do anything, you can't just take that part out of the equation. I think that the Ben Roethlisberger can come back, have a good year. And I think that they're a very complete team. They have a great defense. They have a veteran quarterback. And I think that that the, the NFL likes picking players who come off of injuries for this award. Yeah, exactly. That's why I did Alex Smith. Alex Smith had one of the most gruesome Alex injuries. And I also just think Smith is more is more of a likable guy. But they okay, but they're not doing it for likable. They're doing it. No, for, I'm. Why not? Come, okay, Andrew. Andrew, tell me, Andrew Luck isn't isn't a likable guy. 
isn't like a guy that you'd root for. I just don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is a player that many NFL fans are going to want to root for and are going to want to like, I'm not, I'm not wishing any ill will on him and that he suffers a terrible injury, but just generally comeback, especially comeback player. That's such a story. Like comeback player just sounds like a story or a narrative award. And Alex Smith is, is the nicer guy and he fits more into that category. And even Ryan Tannehill than Ben Roethlisberger, I think. Yeah. Comeback player of the year is about the story. Yeah. The story. And Ben Roethlisberger is this old washed, kind of uh, accused of doing terrible things quarterback. I, so I don't know if that'll. It, it's a good, it's about a good story. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they're never going to give the award to someone who most likely won't play. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> of course they're not going to give it to Alex Smith if he doesn't play. I'm just saying, well, first of all, do you expect, who do you expect to win the competition in short? Oh, Alex Smith. Wayne no doubt about it. Really? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Well, I'm just saying if Alex Smith plays, and I think he's a shoo-in for it. But I don't know. If he, if he doesn't play, then I don't know about it. I think that if Alex Smith plays, then fine. But I doubt he will. And they're never going to give the award to someone who plays at most two or three games if Haskins gets hurt. Okay, so that's, that's fair. That's fair. Did. And I think Roethlisberger, like, you, like we said, injuries. I get that he might not, he might not be loved by everyone. But still, he's gonna, I think he's going to come out of the gate. He's been working a bit harder than he normally does. I'm not going to say a he works bit harder than he normally does. His whole thing is that he doesn't do any work all over the offseason. So exactly. if he does five push-ups a day, I don't know if that's really going to change anything. Yes. What I'm saying is, is that he doesn't work hard at all, and at least he's motivating himself a bit. He's trying okay. way harder this year. And okay. I think that that small progression for him will be big. All right. Uh, moving on now, you can share your pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I don't know if we have similar ones on this, but I said Chase Young. Chase Young is just one of the – I. he is one of the best prospects, defensive prospects I've seen, better than Nick Bosa last year, better than almost anyone. He can win in every single way. And what makes him so scary is that he has all the tools, and in college he wasn't able to learn how to utilize all of them. And yet he was still dominant, right? Yeah. He, he got 15 sacks, and he was dominant. But what was so scary is that he got all those sacks by doing different things. It wasn't like he would bull rush. He has different speed. moves. That's right. He, so he has moves. all the moves. But if he were, if he, I think he'll be able to learn how to utilize all of them. And if he's able to learn how to utilize all of them, he's already becomes one of the best players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Already. Wow, the best players in the NFL. That's the best players. If he's, if he learns how to, use, well, it'll take him a few years to you. I mean, yeah, a few years. Him. Yeah, fine, fine. But I think even coming into the NFL, he's going to be elite. And I think he's going to have a 10-sack year. He's, I think I would bet on him having a better rookie year than Nick Bosa. And Nick Bosa had a very good rookie year. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. like all this skill. Okay, yeah, that, well, bet, oh, wow. Actually, now that I, I just let that go over my head, but now that I think about that, that's a pretty bold prediction. Yeah. Especially because Nick Bosa, I mean, okay, it's hard to, it's it's hard to say whether Nick Bosa made the 49ers great because I was going to say Nick Bosa was on a better team than the Washington football team. But I will say that generally, like it might be easier for Nick Bosa to succeed because he was on that good, well-coached team. Whereas there's a lot of, a lot of controversy going on in Washington right now that might make it hard for a guy like Chase Young to fully blossom, especially in his first season. Yeah. I I thought that though, it's very, it's a struggle for me to say Washington football team. Like (laughs) seriously. But you got to say it, you got to say it. Just say Washington. If you, if you hate it that much. 
It's just a struggle because I keep calling them the Redskins. I know. I got to correct you. It's not, they're not that anymore. Also, their name is terrible. Like seriously. Yeah. 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 Okay. We got, we got into this in full in our NFL news review. Was that one or two? One. We are in number one. So you can check that out if you would like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no, but I had the Redskins doing pretty well. I thought they had a young team with some young pieces. Their team is a mess. They had to release Darius Geis. Yeah, and Darius Geist was a guy who came out with a lot of potential. But to be fair, he was injured his first few seasons, so I understand why yeah, they released him. Three point player, and it's not like the end of the world. Has anyone picked up Geist, by the way? No, I don't think so. But okay. it's like they're trying to build a culture right now, and I really doubt that they're they're there's too much drama on the side for them to succeed. But Chase Young is just such a good prospect. Yeah, he's, like, he's incredible. Honestly, I honestly, if Burrow wasn't, if Burrow didn't have that ridiculous of a year, I think I would have picked Young at one. Young, I think. Well, it, it just depends what team you are because if you're a team that needs a quarterback, draft like quarterbacks are just always a more valuable position than yeah. um, a defensive player, which is yeah. it's just a fact. So if you need a quarterback, then it's always going to be like that. Chase Young is a more exciting. Chase Young is a better prospect for his position than Joe Burrow is. No, I don't know about that. I mean, okay, Chase Young is an incredible prospect, but Joe Burrow is also one of the highest-rated prospects coming out of college, so I don't want you to underrate him. Even if uh, Chase Young is one of the top ever, don't underrate. Don't sleep on Burrow because he's not some average. He's not some average number one overall pick. Like, he's you coming out of college, he's a, I would say he's a step higher than Baker was rated or Kyler was rated. Yeah. Or Jameis was rated. And, yeah, Burrow is great. I don't want to take away from Burrow, but Chase Young is, is just, just such so special. I understand it. He's incredible, and he's a step above everything. I really like- I do understand that because I actually picked him as – I mean, he's my pick for defensive uh, defensive rookie of the year as well. But just for the sake of the argument, I'm going to give out a few other players because I think Chase Young is the obvious pick. There's not yeah. much you can say. Yeah, especially because um, linebackers and pass rushers are always the guys who – uh, win defensive rookie of the year or at least do it very often and even defensive player of the year of the last year is Stefan Gilmore um, so I can't see it being like Jeff Okuda or even like CJ Henderson because it's, yeah. and it also takes cornerbacks a few years to get acclimated in the league a lot of times because they're going to be putting up they're going to be against such different um, and more yeah. complex routes and having to play harder wide receivers so it always it takes cornerbacks most of the time a few years to get acclimated. So with that said, um, guys who I put in second to win defensive rookie of the year uh, would be either Patrick Queen or Isaiah Simmons. And I'll go to both of them. Patrick Queen is a guy that I really love coming out of college. Um, now he's on the Baltimore Ravens, which is good. I think is is a mostly positive thing. Their defense is looking very great. And also, you know, the Ravens have one of the best offenses in the league with MVP quarterback Lamar Jackson. So he's really set up to succeed in that system. But also um, as for Isaiah Simmons, I think I liked him even more coming out of uh, college. So just based on like a player level, that's why I'd pick Isaiah Simmons. And also the Cardinals are a team that I'd say are dark horse to maybe make the playoffs or go on a run just because they've done a lot this offseason and we'll get to that in a few episodes down the line when we talk about uh record predictions but the cardinals defense is also a terrible was a terrible defense last year so for the most part 
they had a few great players, but if Isaiah Simmons comes in here and records a bunch of stats, I think he'll definitely stand out on the Cardinals and in the NFL in general. Whereas if Patrick Queen is to put up good numbers or just play well, he won't get as much recognition just because compared to the rest of that defense and team, he wouldn't stand out as much, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. So those are my two picks, but really Chase Young, I think is the obvious choice here. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, Isaiah Simmons is scary because he can play defensive end and he can play safety. Yeah. Like I get, they're probably going to put him at like middle linebacker, but they can put him at anything. They can put him at defensive end. Mm-hmm. At I know he's very versatile at defensive end to safety. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on now, unless you got anything else to add. No. Um, should I say the obvious pick for offensive rookie of the year? Sure. I got to go with Joe Burrow. Um, before I get into Joe, I just got to say there aren't many running backs that, so sometimes, you know, a running back can make a very good case for, yeah. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, but I would say that it's rare that a running back wins stuff over a quarterback, even if it's a rookie of the year or if it's MVP, just because quarterback is a way more noticeable position and the stats that they put up, uh, get more recognized. So even if, Compared to other running backs, um, they're like if a running back is doing better compared to other running backs versus a quarterback compared to other quarterbacks. I don't know if that made sense. Like even if yeah. it's like that, the quarterback will win the award. So yeah. anyway, but also I don't see a lot of running back coming out of this draft that I could say, oh, they will win offensive rookie of the year just because a lot of the ones that got drafted seem like they're going to be in some kind of a committee yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, the one guy who I think will be let to do his own thing without much of a committee will be Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, in the Kansas on the Kansas City Chiefs. He would have been in a committee, but Damian Williams chose to opt out of this season. I really I, and I would have talked about Clyde if you had, if you had gone first and said Burrow. So I'll touch on him a little bit before I actually get to talking about the guy I picked, Joe Burrow. But uh, I really do like Clyde Edwards Alaire. I think he's a very very talented running back, and he's got incredible vision, awareness, versatility, agility. (laughs) Um, But he's on this high-flying Chiefs offense, and I don't see that there's a way that he will outdo uh, Joe Burrow for the position, especially who won uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year over Saquon. I know some quarterback won it. Really? I I Here, wait, ready? offensive rookie yeah it was 20 he was a rookie in 2018 oh i'm just kidding it was saquon he beat out baker mayfield right okay i thought that baker won so i guess that kind of disproves my point a little bit but still you gotta play at saquon's level to be able to beat out a quarterback for the award so moving on to joe burrow now sorry i'm rambling for a little bit but moving on to joe burrow now Like I was saying, he's one of the best quarterback prospects coming out of college ever. I really love this guy. I think he's phenomenal, and I think he could take this Bengals team to great places within the next few years. Um, And I just don't see anyone being able to beat out him, even beat him out for the award, even if he doesn't play, like, phenomenally, you know? Yeah. I got to say, I'm going to surprise you. My pick is – what? I don't know what you said. You went mute. Joe Burrow. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. 
I love Joe Burrow, and I feel like this this podcast I'm making Joe Burrow seem like such a bad guy. Yeah, I feel like you really have been hating on this man. No, I think Joe I'm Burrow all... is great. I really do, but I think he's a player. He reminds me a bit of Matt Payton Manning. And taking a few years to develop in the NFL. I think Joe Burrow need will take a year or two. I don't think Joe Burrow is the type of quarterback like a Mahomes or a Watson who's going to come in, start throwing the ball forty times and dominating the NFL. I well, think it's different. It's the thing is Joe Burrow. I watched him play, and he looked like an NFL quarterback already. Like the, I sometimes laughed at the term NFL ready. It didn't make sense to me a while ago why some college quarterbacks who play great won't do it because they're not like NFL ready. I didn't understand what that meant. But when I watched Burrow play, I kind of understood it because uh, college versus NFL quarterbacks play in a different way. And if I had one word to describe Joe Burrow, I'd say poised. He just seems so comfortable in his position. And he always seemed to know what to do, when to pass. And he has one ability, which I think is uh, is now in all of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, which is creating something out of nothing when the play breaks down and actually Jeff Skurin touched on this when we interviewed him last week that the game has moved to uh break when plays break what can you do about it Patrick Mahomes he's known for scrambling around and throwing it to guys of course Lamar Jackson scrambles so he can juke when a play is broken Russell Wilson I could keep naming these quarterbacks and Joe Burrow although he's not known uh, for running only, he's very great at making something out of nothing and adjusting when a play breaks down. So that's also a reason why I think he could come in and play great. Yeah. So I my pick is Tua. Oh no way! Are you kidding me? I know I've been talking. Are you joking me? After uh, after mm, in like just a few episodes, you were going on and on. I, I remember you were talking about how you didn't like the Dolphins this year. You're saying the Dolphins were yeah. a lock for out of the playoffs. And now you're going to tell me that Tua will outperform and he will outplay Joe Burrow? Just because Tua will outperform and outplay a player doesn't mean that they're good enough to make the playoffs. Tua Tagovailoa, I think, is more of an not, – not NFL ready, but he's going to produce. Yes. It's ridiculous. I think it might well, be the worst take you've ever had on this podcast, Oren. I'm not even kidding. There, I, I like Tua. He's a great quarterback. But there's no way in my mind that I see Tua doing better than Joe Burrow. To be nice, I'll stop interrupting you and let you talk. But then I'll just try to torch you. So go on. Tua Tagovailoa is more NFL ready. I think he has more experience in college. He has more experience in college. Oh, I? Not really. You realize he came in only a few years ago he his first game he uh, in the championship game against um shoot now i'm not it was, it was against clemson i think and then jalen hurts got in no okay jalen hurts was playing badly so then they put him to uh and he played great and then jalen hurts went to oklahoma the next season so Tua got the start so he's really had he really hasn't had that much experience he had that one championship game and then he had like half of a season because he was injured last year well, Tua played eight games, 15, and then nine. Eight, 15, and nine. Okay. Which I think Burrow has played 15. So he's played a good, like, 17 more games. Oh, right? Okay, I, I guess. Loa, I just think he's more NFL-ready at the current moment. I think Burrow will outproduce him in his NFL career. I really do. But I think, I think Tua... At the current moment, yes, I think that he will... For those of you who can't see, I'm just shaking my head at Oren, and I'm just waiting for him to finish talking so I can destroy him. Don't sure. worry, don't worry. It's here. 
Huh? I can talk, but yeah. I don't understand how you could possibly say that Joe Burrow is less NFL ready than Tua Tagovailoa. It is just so clear to anyone who's watched college football and you're not someone who watches college football that much. I know that Joe Burrow is at a higher level than Tua Tagovailoa and a much more NFL ready quarterback. Like I was saying, watch Joe Burrow. He'll stay in the pocket and be poised like an NFL quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa right now is a system-based quarterback who uh, definitely benefited from Alabama's scheme. And although this isn't super important, Alabama quarterbacks historically don't do that well in the NFL. I know that it can change with Tua. And again, I like Tua. I really do. I'm not trying to hate on Tua. I'm just trying to hate on Oren for saying that Joe Burrow will somehow play worse than Tua. Also, uh, Joe Burrow is with AJ Green, although he's injury prone. Um, Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. He has great weapons on his team. Tua has Devontae Parker and who else? That's it. So weapons-wise, Joe Burrow just has more to work with here. So I just and I don't know what you're what, okay. Give me something to back up that Tua is more NFL ready. You just keep saying that, but why do you believe that? More, he, more experience. Burrow doesn't have that much okay, experience. Isn't everything? That's the one thing that he that he has. And also, you want to talk about playing more games. Tua has sat out more games. He's more injury prone. So that's another risk you have to take into account. Yeah, that is a risk you have to take into account. But I think that injury, you can't, you can't when you're predicting something, I feel like you can't really take injuries injuries that much into, into account. Unless unless the player Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, actually, I don't know if that. If you can't take injury into account, then you should have Alex Smith. But no, never mind. That doesn't make sense. Oh, but also these are, two different, these are two different positions. One's literally predicting who will do well after injuries. And yeah, one, I know. I know Tugavailoa is injury prone. You, of course you have to take injury into account. If you're, okay, if you're going to put a bet on who wins defensive – or if you're going to put a bet on who wins offensive rookie of the year, you're telling me you're not going to take injury into account? What do you mean? Of course, I'll take injury into account. So, what are you saying? It's not something that I'm like looking at directly to make it like the biggest, the biggest factor around. I'm not saying it's a big factor. I'm just throwing it in there to show the biggest factor is that Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Tua, and another fact, just the minor factors, are that Joe Burrow has better weapons. He played better in college, just statistically, he played better, and he's just more NFL ready. I guess that's no, that's the main one. Never mind. And he's and he's not injury prone. That's what I meant. Yeah, I think Tugavailoa. I think what's great about Tugavailoa is, like you said, NFL quarterbacks need to be able to expand the plays, even though Burrow can. I think Tugavailoa does it better. Mm. He has the ability to run. His accuracy is so ridiculous. It might be even better than Burrow's. Mm. He's, no, proven it. he's proven it more. What has he proven more? He's every single time he plays after injury, after after he got benched. I don't know if he got benched, but he after like, benched. whatever, after he got injury, he keeps coming back in. His accuracy is so on par. I know that no matter where he goes, his accuracy will be great. And just because I think that the Dolphins are a lock for out of the playoffs, that's just because that they don't have great, they just don't have great talent on their team. That's not saying that, like I could have said I'd pick Kyler Murray to win MVP. I mean, uh, 
offensive rookie of the year last year, yet I wouldn't have picked the Cardinals to do well. Okay, that's, that's no, I, I would just bring up the playoffs because I was saying you were so sure, you seemed so sure just a few episodes ago that everything going on in the Dolphins right now wouldn't work out. And you, you like, you, you seem to have generally or just like totally negative emotions on the Dolphins. And now suddenly you're saying, oh, there's actually going to be a lot going well for the Dolphins. Like yeah, from what you were saying a few episodes ago, it seemed like the team would go like three and 13 or something. No, they'll go six and 10. I don't know that they're the, but they're, I, they're I don't sure. just, I don't think, okay. What was the Cardinals record last year? Actually? I don't know. Six and 10. Right. Here, ready? Six and 10. They were the eighth, they had the eighth overall pick. Here, you can keep talking. Arizona Cardinals record 2019. Togo Vailoa. Yeah, like five and ten. Oh, five, ten, and one. Okay, so that's you know he won. So maybe, maybe not. Maybe that he'll win, but just record-wise, that's fine. But no, but just still. I think his accuracy is better. And yes, Burrow is very poised, but so is Togo Vailoa. No, he isn't. He scrambles out of the pocket, Orin. Yes, but he's just also watch poised. Them play, Orin. I'm giving you homework. Just go after this podcast. I've just seen look Togo up Vailoa highlights. Play. I have. Okay, whatever. He scrambles, but that doesn't mean he's not poised. If there's someone around him, he'll throw from the pocket. And also, if you're taking scrambling as a negative thing, then I don't know why you're so high. Tua, also, Tua's injury history doesn't is going to be a concern, not just because when he gets hit, but he's bad at throwing away the ball when he's under pressure. And that will lead to more, not only injuries, but just sacks in general. That's a main weakness that he has, and that is the cause of his injuries. Well, I know this this is a bit stupid, but when like people take into account like offensive rookie of the years, people like don't really look that much into how many sacks there. I feel like that's not as important of a injuries, yes, but I feel like the sacks, that part, I feel like that's not really taken into account as much as people should. I, I'm just saying he's not he stays in the pocket or he he's not good at getting rid of the ball when he's under pressure. Yeah, but also what I'm trying to say is is that if you get sacked that'll, that'll hurt his record because it makes his positioning harder but it's not going to hurt his stats that much people don't look at mm-hmm. sacks per se that much and yes he has a chance of getting injured because he does that but there are plenty of quarterbacks who do very risky things Derek Rose was an incredibly injury prone player who went five years without getting injured I'm not saying that it's if he, yeah. he plays in uh, yeah, plays don't bring in Derek Rose he plays in a style that's relentless. Maybe not five years, but a few years. He plays a style that's a bit relentless. Also, okay, ready? I found some stats finally. Burrow uh, had a 78.8 reception percentage or whatever it's called. And Tagovailoa was 74.7. Okay. So I'm just saying he, he that likely shows that Burrow is a slightly more accurate quarterback. Yeah, but... Um, Burrow slightly more, but also the point four percent. And that was one of your main things that you think he's more accurate. So what are you going to say? Yeah, about that? have a completion percentage. Sam Bradford had one of the highest. Com- I think he had the highest. Okay, I'm not talking about Sam Bradford here, Oren. Don't try to switch it, switch it away because I wasn't the one who brought in accuracy to prove that they were good. Yes. I'm just saying your main reason for why you thought Tagovailo is a good way to show it. Sam Bradford had the best completion percentage in 2016. You're saying accuracy isn't a good way to show it? No, I'm saying that you scheme. You can just dink and dunk every single play down the field. That's what Tugavailoa did, Oren. That's what Tugavailoa – that was – he is a system quarterback. So that 
You think you think Joe Burrow dinks and dunks? Have you seen no. him play? Seen Their it. whole thing is they throw it deep, Warren. He's an accurate quarterback. If anything, you're describing Tugavailoa, not Burrow. Tugavailoa does deep. system quarterback stuff. <laughs> system quarterback stuff. System quarterback stuff. What? He just throws it short every play? No, I'm just saying that's what he was – here, I'm going to pull something up. You can – I, I don't know. I just, you're also your main reason. Okay, I was asking you like a five minutes ago. I was saying, Orin, why do you think Itagavailoa is more of an NFL quarterback? You said, oh, well, he's more accurate. So I'm not talking. I don't care about accuracy. I'm just bringing it in to show you that's a stupid. That's like that's not even true. So I don't know how you could say that Itagavailoa percentage isn't a good way to show that because it can be very incorrect. Okay, well, there's nothing, no better way because they both had great weapons. Yes, not they, you can't. Yes, they did both have great weapons. But my point to you is that Tua Tagovailoa is incredibly accurate, and from what I've seen from both quarterbacks, I think that Tua Vailoa is more accurate. I think that he has more experience. I think Burrow will come into the NFL, even though he played so great in college. He doesn't have enough experience. He played one college season. It's not enough experience to come into the NFL and be good. He doesn't. He hasn't played enough games. He's great at reading defenses, right? But he hasn't played enough games to be able to figure out the disguises of an NFL defense. Tugavailoa has seen more stuff than Burrow. He's going to be able to dissect more than Burrow. When Trubisky was drafted, I know no. it's going to Trubisky, but listen. Trubisky is not Joe Burrow in any sense. He's Think- not Joe Burrow. Why people Don't try still, to compare them. Like people still had hope for Trubisky after year one or two is they said that he hasn't played a lot of games in college and he's still having experience. Okay, well, that won't happen because Joe Burrow will – that's just an excuse that Bears fans make to be sure that their quarterback does well. But I don't think that Burrow will be like Trubisky and that it takes him a few more years. From what I've seen out of this one year from Burrow, he's great enough to be able to succeed immediately – out of the gate in the NFL. I really don't know about that. He can read defenses. He can, he has all, he has a great skill set. NFL. What? NFL and college defenses are. Yes, I understand, but he still possesses a skill that, um, that many other quarterbacks even drafted this season don't have. And he's a clear cut above. In my mind, he's a clear cut above Tua. I don't, I disagree. I think that. You think that Tua is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow? No, in the long run, Burrow is going to be better. But for this season, talking about experience-wise, because is a rookie experience and going defenses, learning defenses and knowing what that is, is way bigger than skill. As a rookie, what? the difference between a, two first-round quarterbacks. Did you know there's a thing that Mahomes didn't know how to read defenses in his first year? Mahomes is just Out of college, phenomenal. he didn't know how to read defenses, but he still managed to – or that he was—he learned it coming out of college. He had skill, and he managed to win MVP in his first ever season playing. Really, Mahomes is an anomaly. They're very no, he's not. I don't say Mahomes is an anomaly. Like five years—I mean, <laughs> five minutes ago, ten minutes ago—you literally said, "Oh, Mahomes." It's—it's it's the guys like Mahomes in the NFL that are able to succeed. And now you're going to say that he's some anomaly. When when did I say that? I need a second to think about it. But you definitely said something like that. It was like. Um, oh. Shoot. You don't, you don't see Patrick Mahomes every day. You don't. Patrick Mahomes coming out as his first year might have had one of the best. Technically, it was in his rookie year. But one of the best it, first seasons. 
one of the best top three, top two. Him and Dan Marino had the top two best first year seasons ever. Okay. Two quarterbacks. You can't I'm go. Not, and I'm not. I'm not saying Joe Burrow is going to have Pat Mahomes numbers his first season. I'm saying if you look at first overall quarterbacks, first year overall quarterbacks, or first round quarterbacks, the difference between how they do in their first year is all about how much experience they have. Because all first round quarterbacks have the skill and have the talent. Some may have a bit more than others, but when you look at their first year, typically. The difference between an elite rookie and an average rookie who possesses talent and possesses potential is how much experience they have. First of all, how much experience they have. Second of all, how well they know how to read defenses. And that's something you pick up by having experience. And I think just that one year, having having that experience will be crucial for him. I don't know. Okay, this has been going on for too long, so I'm going to settle it and we can move on. Hopefully I have some of my voice left to debate you on further topics. <sighs> all right, all I'm going to say is we'll leave it to the NFL season. That will hopefully happen, and I'll bet you that it will be Burrow. All right. Okay, you can state your pick for Coach of the Year. So my pick for Coach of the Year is Brian Flores. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That would, that would have been that would kind be of funny. I'm like, I'm like, they're the worst team ever. Yeah, exactly. Now you're gonna pick. Okay, go on. Um, what's it called? My pick is Cliff Kingsbury. I think that Coach of the Year is not. I don't think Coach of the Year is an actual award that really means anything. I think it's just for the coach who has the most improved team. Yep, it's I was about to say that Coach of the Year is just a way to is actually another way to say most improved team. Belichick would win. Maybe Belichick would have maybe 12 or 13 coaches of the year. And he actually has won it like two or three times anyway, but still. But still, yeah, exactly. I'm saying like most of the time it should be just. Just Belichick. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, what's it called? I think that Cliff Kingsbury, I think it's the Cardinals. They have a young quarterback, a year two, right? I don't like the run. I don't like Kenyon Drake, but they got DeAndre Hopkins. Huge addition. Huge. Yeah. Their defense, their defense isn't that bad. People are underrating them a bit. They have Chandler Jones. Who no, finished. I don't think people are. I think I actually think that the Cowboys defense could be great. And they just signed uh, Everson Griffin, oh, right? Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals. Sorry. I don't know what I was talking about. I was in a different zone there. I yeah. think it might be clear what my pick is now, but that's whatever. Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. No, the Cardinals defense was pretty terrible last year. I got to tell you that. They do have Chandler Jones, who's a great player. And I regret, you know, I disrespected him in the NFL 100 video that we did. I was kind of unaware of him, but I've looked into him later. And I, he's a good player, but I'd say as a unit, they're still pretty terrible. <laughs> they're not that bad. They've got an old Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons is young. They got some additions over free agency. Their defense is becoming – it's not going to be elite. They have elite players on their defense. I'm not saying it's an elite defense per se, but they for sure have the pieces to be average to above average. Their offense is – I think Kyler Murray is going to take a huge step. They have great weapons. They weren't that bad last year. The only argument against them is that their division is completely stacked with four teams that I think all are capable of doing really well. I think that the Cardinals, even though they're in such a stacked division, I think that, all, first of all, all four teams in that division can make And also, you can get into your, you know, predictions. You don't have to go full in-depth now because, you know, we will be having an episode in a bit about going over each team's. Yeah. 
So I just think that they have a really good team. I think that even though, even though they have a very stacked division and I like all the teams in their division, I really do. I think that they're most likely to go from, from, from fourth to first. And I think that they can just, they can just really step up their game and be an incredible underdog story this year. Just like every year there's a first, there's a fourth place to first place team. Yeah. That could be the Cardinals. I think they could step up and really take over. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not going to go crazy on you with this one. I do agree with that pick. Um, there are a lot of coaches I took into consideration with this pick because I think now is definitely a year when a lot of teams have the chance to go on a run, uh, do well. But again, I was mostly considering that, like you were saying, coach of the year is really just means what team um, went from doing badly to doing well, most improved team in 2020. So I considered a guy like um, Sean McDermott. I was going to say Doug McDermott, <laughs> Sean McDermott, but I decided not to pick him because the bills have been making the playoffs for the past few years. So even if the bills do do better or make it to like the championship or something like that, I don't see him winning coach of the year just because they've been good. And for that reason, I also eliminated Kyle Shanahan. I think Shanahan um, should have won it last year, or at least it was very close between Harbaugh and Shanahan. But now that they made it to the Super Bowl last year, even if they make it again, I don't see him winning coach of the year just because the award is truly most improved team. So with that said, coaches that I do expect to win it, um, my number one pick aside from Cliff Kingsbury would be Mike McCarthy of the, is the first year coach out of the Dallas Cowboys. The only hesitation I had there was that the Cowboys went eight and eight. And again, it's usually a team that went from being worst to first. And the Cowboys were actually pretty close to missing or to making the playoffs last year. So that's my one hesitation in that pick. And that's why I could say he wouldn't make it. There are a few other guys I have too, but my reason for it is I think that the, I say the Cowboys are winning the division this year. And I think it's pretty clear. That's why I was just, I was in a different, different zone when I mentioned that the Cowboys have a good defense. Cause I was just looking up stuff about the Cowboys. They just got Everson Griffin, like I was saying, and they've been signing a lot of guys to their defense. Uh, and also, you know, they have one of the most, they have one of the best, uh, wide receiver cores in the league with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and uh, CeeDee Lamb. And now Dak Prescott, we're not sure if he's an elite quarterback. We discussed that as well, but he's still a great quarterback and he's got so many weapons surrounding him because he's also got Zeke that I think this team could definitely take the step up. And with that said, Mike McCarthy is, is a guy that's been working with Aaron Rodgers for a very long time before coming here to Dallas. And although it's the relationship between the two kind of turned sour at the near the end of uh, their time together. I still think Mike McCarthy is a guy who's used to working with quarterbacks and he could turn Dak into a good quarterback. And I think he'll do well, do well with the roster that the Cowboys have. Yeah. The Cowboys have a really good roster. It's all about managing the talent. I think that Garrett didn't do a great job. Yeah. Garrett was always a rah-rah guy, but he wasn't super X's and O's. Yeah, I don't, I'm not very sure. It'll, I'm not saying I could do it, but I'm not saying, I think that considering all the talent on that team, I'm not sure it's such a hard job to, to get the Cowboys. Back. I mean, I guess, but yeah, I mean, you still got to manage the talent. Yeah. No, obviously, but I'm saying like, if I were a coach, that would be one of the teams that I would be very happy coaching. Yeah. Yeah. For one sure. Of the best rosters in the NFL. All right. So going on. So you just agree with that? Nothing else to say? No, I mean, I agree. I think that the Cowboys are a team. That has all the skill. It wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I have a few more guys that I could take into consideration. Should I mention them or should we just move on? I think we should just move on. Okay, that's fine. You can go. Right. 
So as my offensive player of the year, I have Saquon Barkley. Go on. I think that's Saquon Barkley. First of all, running backs is a trend that running backs have a really good rookie year, have a slight dip in their second year, and bounce back for their best year in year three. McCaffrey, Gurley, a lot of the star Wait, running. What McCaffrey? What are you talking about? Not McCaffrey, McCaffrey was great in his second year. He didn't drop down in his second year, but his McCaffrey, third year. That was when McCaffrey broke out. His second year was when he broke out. But his third year was his best year. Yes, but it, he went gradually upwards. He did not drop in his second year. That's no, I mean, it. yes, McCaffrey was a bad example, but players yeah. typically have best third years. Gurley dropped. There are players who have had, I think Zeke even had a worse year second year. But Zeke's been also consistent. I know, but still, I think that there have been players. It's, okay. it's not like but a also, the thing is, Saquon didn't. I mean, he, I, I wouldn't say completely dropped just because he was more injured his second year. Yeah, so. he had a slight drop off. Yeah, but it's a, he was just injured. He was injured for a lot of it. So, like, still, he averaged 4.6 yards of carry last that's year. That's still insane. That's not like I think the carry is rookie year. I think that they're going to bring in Daniel. Daniel Jones is going to have a better year, which therefore will make their offense less predictable. Having a, having a star quarterback could be bad for your running back, but having a mediocre quarterback could be pretty good because there's still a threat of them doing something. They, they got in Jason Garrett, who's very big on running the ball. Jason Garrett came from the Cowboys, and they hand them off a lot to Zeke. And I think that Saquon Barkley is just ready for a leap. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the best prospects, and I really see him doing well. Okay. Um, you know, I don't hate the prediction for Saquon, but I had to go with Christian McCaffrey here, actually, just because the stats that he's been putting up lately – or in his first years, in his first three years, have been pretty mind-boggling, to say the least. He already has the record for most receptions in a season for a running back, and he's the only running back ever. Uh, he had 109 when he had most receptions in a season, and he's the only running back ever to have two 100-reception seasons. And he's done that in two of his three seasons ever being in the NFL. But he's, it's not like he's just only – it's not like he's a running back it's not like he's a receiver disguised as a running back because he is still a truly gifted running back and one of the top running backs as well. So I just see uh, lately Christian McCaffrey and throughout his career, he's been putting up mind boggling stats and he's been doing things that really we haven't seen from any other player in the NFL ever who with this much versatility and ability to play two different roles of receiving and rushing. So I think that if he continues on that trend and has even like a, crazier season this year i could very well see him winning offensive player of the year year i just, just doubt he'll, i doubt that they'll i just really doubt that he'll have a year obviously he's a great player but i doubt he'll have a year even close to last year and even last year he didn't win offensive player of the year i get that there was mike thomas who mike thomas but also mike michael thomas like i think uh, christian mccaffrey's season last year would have won it most seasons or many seasons. It's just that Mike Thomas was an anomaly in that he had the most receptions ever. So of course he's going to win it. Yeah, but I don't know. Like he, Mike that. Thomas has to be honored. And I just, I see Christian McCaffrey. He's just, he's done unprecedented things in his first three years. And I mean, I know that running backs sometimes do have a dip, but I just have no reason to believe that he will have a dip. You know, it's not like he's been on great teams before he's done this with bad Panthers teams. So I don't think it makes a difference. Like you were saying, Daniel Jones is going to get better, which of course running backs benefit from having like be a better offense, but I don't think it's that big of a deal if C-Mac is on a bad offense. So right now I have no reason to believe that he will decline. 
Uh, and that's why I'm picking him for offensive player of the year. Interesting. All right. I like that. Moving on. Oh, and not MVP just yet. Defensive player of the year, which Oren, you said before the episode is the second most important award in the NFL, which at, upon consideration, I think does make sense just because uh, the MVP is so often rewarded to offensive players, particularly the quarterback. So if you're a defensive player, it's really the uh, defensive player of the year is a great, great honor. Yeah. And you should. Yeah. So my pick for defensive player of the year is going to be, I think one of the most obvious ones, not super bold, but Nick Bosa. He had a mind boggling rookie year showed that he was one of the best pass rushers. Uh, He played linebacker, right? Not linebacker. Sorry. He played defensive end. Um, Yeah. Uh, He played defensive end already showed himself as one of the top defensive ends in the NFL, just in his first year. And uh, defensive player of the year is so often pass rushers, specifically defensive ends, just because it's so much easier to record good statistics. Uh, of course, last year it was Stephon Gilmore who won it, but I don't see it being another cornerback this year. So, uh, and as for the other pass rushers, there is always Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, who could just end up, you know, taking the throne. But I see Nick Bosa had such an outstanding rookie year, and I could see this year being the year that he truly breaks out and just plays great. So that's why I'm picking Nick Bosa to win it on the 49ers. Nick Bosa is overrated. I think oh, he boy. Here it goes. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. All right. He had nine sacks last year and two forced fumbles. All right. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack had very similar stats, but with, I think, four or five forced fumbles. Yeah, if you would probably ask anybody who had a better year last year, Nick Bosa will be unanimously Wait, how better. many sacks did Khalil Mack have? I think maybe eight, eight and a half. Yeah, ready? Okay. Well, because he was also a rookie. Yes, I understand. So he's going to get more. People are overrating his stats a great amount. Yeah, I guess, but he was a rookie, and I think that now he's ready to truly break out. He had 8.5 sacks. Yeah, but what's it called? I think that Nick Bosa had, even though he had such a great rookie year, People overrate how great his rookie year is. People talk about his rookie year, one of the best defensive rookie years ever. Now that I'm looking at it, sorry to interrupt. Khalil Mack and Nick Bosa had quite similar stats. Yeah. Um, Both had a combined 47, is that tackles? What what is COMB? Sorry. Combined tackles. Combined tackles. They both had 47 combined tackles. Uh, The one place where Bosa truly uh, outshines Khalil Mack is in assisted... Tackles, I don't know, I'm not bad at these stats, but it's 15 to 7 there. But then as for sacks, it's 9 for Nick Bosa versus 8.5 for Khalil Mack. So, yes, Nick Bosa did have a slightly better season. And one of them was a rookie and one of them was a seasoned veteran. So I think it's also just because Nick Bosa was getting a lot of the hype just for the fact that he was a rookie. And that's why it's so much more remarkable. He's got all this time to prove himself, and that's why I think that he'll really take the step up in 2020. I don't – I know this sounds a bit crazy, but he has to take – I think it's big of a step from college to the pros. He has to take a bigger step than in from year one to year two to win defensive player of the year than from what he did from college to his rookie year. Okay. Well, that's not that crazy. I mean, you're talking about just statistics alone. 
because guys could put up better stats in college than in the NFL, but that doesn't mean that they did worse in the NFL because no, obviously, they're playing into worse competition. Clearly, so, a big jump from college to the NFL because he would have been way more highly touted if he was so great. In, yeah, I didn't hear what you say. What player? Nick Bosa was great in college, and he was supposed to be the second overall pick, but he wasn't Chase Young. Okay, fine. So what? He's and I'm saying, great. What, what are you saying? Why does he have to be compared to Chase Young? What I'm saying is, is that he had a big jump from his rookie year. Because Chase Young, if Chase Young has Nick Bosa's rookie year stats, then that's very good, right? Yeah. So what I'm saying is that clearly Nick Bosa had a big jump from college to the NFL, which yeah, is good. Who cares? I'm I trying mean, to say right now, who cares about college? What do you mean? Who cares about college? I mean, right now, what does it matter about Nick Bosa's what he did in college? Because college shows how good a player was. Now, but he that he's in the NFL. That it's it's not he's not a rookie anymore. He played an NFL season. Why are you what? Why are you trying to base stuff off college now? What I'm trying to say is is that he had a big jump from his college year to his rookie year, and I don't know if that jump he's able to do. Well, what pick was he taking at number two? <sighs> no, I mean he. What? I, I'm so confused at what you're saying. Okay. Nick Bosa had a big jump from college to his rookie year. Sure. And I'm not sure that he will be able to take that big of a jump, again, to put him in defensive player of the year as a defensive player of the year. I don't know if he's able to take that big of a jump. I, okay, I don't, I don't know. That just I don't see the correlation here between – like, I don't think it matters about college anymore. I just think that he is a talented player and he will improve next year enough to win yeah, defensive player of the year. He improved so greatly. What? I don't know if he has to make take that big of a jump. I don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. Didn't he, did he make the Pro Bowl this year? Yeah, I'm assuming so, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, so he's still a great player. Anyone who makes the Pro Bowl, like, it's not like they have to make an insane jump to win player of the year because you're already one of the best players in your position in the NFL. Yeah, but there's clearly a huge jump that you need to take. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about here. I mean, yes, maybe it'll take him a few more years to fully bloom. I, okay, that's fair. But I just, I see a lot of potential and talent in Nick Bosa, and I believe it'll win Defensive Player of the Year. So, what's your pick? My pick. Mine's a bit simpler. Mine's Aaron Donald. Boring. I think boring. That is boring. Boo! I picked Tua. You picked Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, Joe Burrow was just obvious. Whatever. Um, wait, how many defensive player of the years has Aaron Donald won? I think two. Okay. All right. He had 20.5 sacks in 2018, 12.5 sacks in 2019. 12 and a half sacks is still very good. He, I think he won defensive player of the year with 11 sacks. And he had 12.5 last year, and he, yeah. I think he had a down year. He's going to come back a bit more motivated, and if he steps up his game a small amount – just a tiny bit to 14 and 15 sacks. That's defensive player of the year stats. Okay. I, this is something that you do that I find stupid when you do this. So I don't even know how good of an argument it is, but it might just work for you because you like to do arguments like this. Yeah. Aaron Donald's rookie year stats and Nick Bosa's rookie year stats are very similar. Okay. But Nick Bo, but, Aaron Donald didn't win Rookie of the Year till. Yeah, I know that's true. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> I might be dumb. I don't know. No, I'm trying to say is is that Aaron Donald, even though how great he was, 
his jump didn't happen till I would say after his third year. Took him a few years to fully jump to make the jump to defensive player of the year. Who was like the youngest player ever? Like the least seasoned. What was the least seasoned it took for a defensive player to ever win defensive player of the year? Who? Oh, you're looking up. Okay. The youngest player to win defensive player of the year is Dwight Howard. That's right. NFL. <laughs> NFL, dude. Yeah, I know. Lawrence Taylor won it as a rookie, but Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, I was thinking be Lawrence, but it's LT. It's LT. Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. You know, your your argument is is kind of reasonable. I, I understand what you're saying, at least, but I just have enough faith in this 49ers team and Nick Bosa that I think that he will make the jump, in fact. All right. So now on to MVP, our last award. And would you like to announce your pick first or me? Sure. Mine is Kyler Murray. Are you kidding me? That's I- that's mine too. <laughs> okay. You know what? Mm. You can just pick like Lamar or Patrick. I know. Okay. I'm going to rebut you. Okay. Just go. Just go on. Yeah, tell me about Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray had a pretty impressive rookie year. He has a good team around him. I think they could do very well. MVP is about kind of taking that jump. He has DeAndre Hopkins. He has Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. He has a lot of weapons. He's young. He has all the potential. And I think he'll make that jump. I'm not going to go that into, like, I'm not going to elaborate that much just because, like, I think you were going to say the same thing. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to elaborate for you. But then, because I'm annoying, I'm going to rebut everything that I was saying about Kyler and tell you why Patrick Mahomes will win it. Because, you know, whatever. But about Kyler Murray, like you said, he's got all the weapons. He's got all he needs. It looks like that this will be a great second season for that team. But also something that you mentioned, and then I'd like to add on to it, in the past few years, and really like the past five years, uh, and maybe even more, the MVP winner has been someone who wasn't like super great the year before. He kind of came out of nowhere-ish. Not like nowhere, but, you know, they take a very, very large jump in that next season. Um, Second year. It not even not always second year. I'll get. I mean, a lot of the time it is second year. So Lamar Jackson was second year. Um, oh. Patrick Mahomes it was technically second year, and then Tom Brady won it. But it was truly it should have been Carson, uh, Wentz. Carson Wentz just because Wentz got injured in the last game. But he was he seemed like he was the obvious pick for MVP. He was a second year. But then even before that, it was Matt Ryan who wasn't a second year, but he still took a significant leap from the year before that to win MVP. And then Cam Newton, he's always been pretty great, but he took a great leap to win MVP again. So there's really been this trend of quarterbacks, you know, taking a big leap to win quarterback. So I mean, to an MVP. So that's why I, and and especially second year in these past few years. So Kyler Murray really does fit that mold. But with that said, I think the, uh, that is the bold pick. But if I were to bet on someone to win MVP, I'm not choosing Kyler Murray. I'm not confident enough in this card. I think MVPs nearly all the time are on a team in the NFL that makes it far. And I, well, I do think that the um, Cardinals are a dark horse team to make it. Uh, There's a lot that could go wrong there. You said their defense is underrated or like people hate on them too much, but I still think that they're pretty, they're all right. They're definitely like bottom of the pack. Not, I think they're below average still. And as for this offense, there are a lot of ifs. I think, I mean, Kyler, first of all, just Kyler Murray alone. We're not sure talent wise, if he'll do well enough. They do have Deandre Hopkins, 
but he's adjusting to a new system. He's a great wide receiver, but it might take a little bit to get adjusted there. And then as for the running game, they've got Kenyon Drake, who is on and off and I'll see how he does. If he's, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I think about Drake. You know, he, he had some great runs last year, but I'm not sure if he's that true RB one. Yeah. So why, what I was saying for why I bet on Patrick Mahomes, he's never faltered in his two year career. His first season, he won MVP. The second season, he was injured part of it, and he led his team to winning Super Bowl MVP. So really, I have no reason to believe that Mahomes won't do what he's always done for his career, and I just see another MVP season in him. And then as for Lamar Jackson, he has had, like, um, the first, his first season was he played all right. So, and he's only had one, like Mahomes has had two seasons where he's played great. And, um, Lamar Jackson has only had one. So that's why, and it's also, uh, harder to win MVP two years in a row. It just happens statistically less often. So that's why I'd, uh, pick Mahomes to win it over Lamar Jackson. I could be wrong, but it, I, I don't know about MVP, but the last time an NFL team won a Super Bowl two years in a row was the, I think the Patriots in like 2003 okay thing is especially in football it's very hard to win awards twice in a row i can't see lamar doing it and i think that even though mahomes is so dominant they're going to be even harder on him to win mvp just because why would you bring in something about the super bowl when you're talking about mvp i'm just trying to say that especially in football it's very hard to win stuff multiple times i just didn't know how many times i'm just gonna look it up but whatever you can keep talking what I'm saying is, is that I think that Patrick Mahomes' expectations for him are so high. If he even has an amazing year, but nothing like, but not as amazing as like his rookie. Brett Favre won it two times. In oh, maybe am I looking at this wrong? I, I might be. No. Yeah, I think he did. I think Three. it says 1995-96. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, go on. But I think that like. Patrick Mahomes' expectations for him are going to be so high that I doubt that he'll even be able to reach that. And the only, I think the only way he'll win MVP is if he outreaches his. Yeah, but I mean, that's also why expectations were high for him coming to this season, and he still performed pretty great. And you know, who knows? Maybe he would have outshined Lamar Jackson if he had actually been playing that entire season. I'm not saying it would have happened. I don't think he was even in the MVP discussion. He missed two games. That's okay, it. fine. That's fine. Whatever. The expectations were, are going to be so high for him. That's why it's so hard for someone to win MVP. Well, it's also just like some voter fatigue, but I don't think there's fatigue going on with uh, Mahomes yet because he's still look, just... Look at Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had 11 sacks, one defensive player of the year. I'm pretty sure. And then had 20 sacks, one defensive player of the year, right? And then at 12.5 and didn't. Well, right, who, who won defensive player of the year that year? Gilmore, and I get that he was so good, but Aaron That's Donald. Dumb. No, but it's also because Aaron the number two in voting. I'm it's also about what your team does. All, all this stuff, mostly all this stuff, is about what your team does as well. Because you're more likely to give it if a guy is doing insane things, but he's like, and I, I understand that defensive player of the year or like. I think offensive player of the year especially is often given to players who aren't on as good teams because MVP award is about not. I think it's like valuable. So it shows that you aren't super valuable if you're putting up great numbers, but your team isn't doing well. But like Lamar Jackson leading them to the AFC championship and with Mahomes leading them to also the AFC championship, that shows that not only are you possessing great skill, but you're leading your team. Whereas offensive player of the year just means that you're a very skilled athlete and it doesn't really have to do with your team as much. And I think that... But Benjamin, um, Chandler Jones... Who had higher votes than Aaron Donald last year, which makes sense 
Same, okay. like, it's, not, it's not only about like I mean there's some fatigue yes I will say that and I was kind of rambling there but I yeah. think that it'll be very hard for Lamar or Mahomes to win MVP again just because there are too high expectations for them to out to reach them and, and if you know what maybe maybe if Seattle's doing well you know Russell Wilson that's kind of a if if the Russell, odds are good Russell Wilson might end his career as one of the best quarterbacks ever but he will never get an MVP ever. Do you think he will not? I mean, maybe this is the year. No. You know, the real thing that you could say about that is Drew Brees. Drew Brees, Drew Brees I think he won that one. What? He won an MVP. Oh, no, he never won an MVP. He never won an MVP. That is that is a lot more significant than Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson still got a lot of time in his career to win MVP. And, you know, I'm not saying it'll be this year. I think that there are guys who are ranked above him. But I'm just saying, you know, you never know. Seattle is always a team that will have success in some way or another. So maybe this will be the year that uh, Russell Wilson just – really outshines the rest of the MVP. I know you won't like it. Russell Wilson can never get an MVP vote just because it's funny that he's such a great quarterback. Okay, yeah, fine, whatever. That could just be his legacy. Yeah, that can be his legacy. Great quarterback, no MVP vote. But, yeah, I yeah. think we, we both had Kyler Murray. Yeah. It's not that bold, but, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it just does make sense because of the way that the pattern is working. And um, I think it, it's it's a little bold because, you know, the obvious pick, I mean, the easy pick is always the players that have proven themselves. But truly, if you look at the pattern that's been going on in the NFL for the past few years, it isn't the proven quarterbacks. It isn't the Aaron Rodgers is for true reasons who win MVP awards lately. It's been the guys who have a breakout season. And that's why Kyler Murray could be a good pick for MVP. Yeah, uh, I think that that should do it for this episode. I am likely not going to have a voice for a little while after yelling at Oren for a little bit. Um, and I really didn't have a voice to start, so that'll be fun. Awesome. All right. Thank you, and bear down. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in later uh, for uh, – I can't talk. Tune in next week for some more NFL discussion. Bear down and goodbye. Bear down. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.